This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Right, here we are, hour number two on One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you here on a Thursday. And we're going to be joined shortly here by NFL UK reporter. Coverage of the NFL in the United Kingdom. The one and only Neil Reynolds will be joining us here momentarily to discuss 2023 regular season football in Europe. Total of five teams set to play games overseas, the Jaguars and the Bills in the U.K. And one of those games at Wembley, the other at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, that being the Bills game. And then beyond that, you've got the Chiefs playing over there, um, along with who are the other teams? I just lost my page. Darn it. Was it. A, it was the Bills, the Jaguars, the Chiefs. The Patriots and the Titans. Patriots and the Titans. Thank you, Steve. So all those teams playing overseas, a couple of them in Germany. And no teams will be playing in Mexico City next year because Stadio Azteca is undergoing renovations. So there will be a one-year hiatus in Mexico City. No games south of the border next year. Bills were last in London at Wembley Stadium in 2015. Played against the Jaguars, a game we would all like to forget. Heartbreaking finish on a phantom pass interference call on Nikel Roby Coleman. He didn't even touch the guy. Gets called for P.I. on fourth down. Fresh set of downs for the Jaguars with the Bills up 31-28. And Bortles and company go on to score a game-winning touchdown. 34-31 the final. Bortles and company. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, that's not fun. Right. <clears throat> yeah. It was brutal. Yeah, we yeah, y'all rem- you remember all those plays, right? The one they go, the just give it to him. Well, game my vantage the, point yeah. in the stadium, first of all, we were in an outdoor press box. So that was kind of a new thing. Open air, you know, mm-hmm. which you don't really have too often in the NFL. There are some stadiums right. that do have it. Because of the time of year, we never get that. Yeah. So that's part one. Part two, my vantage point where I happened to be sitting gave me the perfect angle on that play to see that there was, in fact, separation between Nikel Roby Coleman and the intended receiver, whose name's going to escape me right now. And they call P.I. on fourth down on Nikel Roby Coleman, and there is no way you can convince me there was pass interference on that play. But they called it, spot foul, first down, and the rest is history. It was just infuriating because E.J. Manuel had a horrendous start. I think he had three turnovers and ten snaps. <laughs> And they were down like 
28 to 3 or something. And they staged this comeback. It was amazing. And they took the lead, 31-28. And then the phantom call extends the the uh, Jacksonville drive, and they win the game. So you want to talk about a long flight home? Oof. That was a long one. Yeah. That was a long one. Um, so we're, due, to de- we, due to technical difficulties, Neil Reynolds isn't going to be able to be on with us. That stinks. Oh, wow. That does stink. It's oh, always wow. good to talk to Neil. Yeah. He did have a column in which he put together, Steve, his divisional round power rankings. Did you mm, see this? I did. I did. So I'll start from the bottom and go to the top. Number eight, he had the New York Giants. Number seven, he had the Jacksonville Jaguars. Six, the Dallas Cowboys. Five, the Philadelphia Eagles. Wow. Five. Wow. Wow. Nobody's done that. No. Four, Cincinnati. Three, Buffalo. Two, Kansas City. And checking in at number one for Neil Reynolds, the San Francisco 49ers. So, there you go. I, I was surprised he had the Eagles at five. I think they're a pretty good all-around roster top to bottom. Not a ton of playoff experience, but, you know, they got some vets on there that are still from that Super Bowl team back in yeah. 17. So, that's not, that's not lost on me. But five, that was, that was a surprising one. Yeah, the, the, yeah Philly is a – a well-rounded pass rush. They had run 70 sacks this year. I know. 70. I, that's hard to game plan for right there, that man. That is a it, fat That's a number. fat number. Golly, Joe Williker, 70 sacks. It's uh, tied for third most in NFL history in a single season with the 87 Bears. The 84 Bears are the record holder with 72. And then I think the 85 Bears might be second. In sacks, um, but man, is that a lot of sacks? Seventy. It's been a while since that's happened, so that was impressive. Um, you know, and then they got, you know, Devontae Smith and AJ Brown on the outside. They got Miles Sanders who can run the ball. Obviously, Jalen Hurts runs it around. I guess people are on the NFC side of things. They're concerned about Jalen Hurts' injured throwing shoulder because all it's going to take is one knock. And then you could have a problem. Yeah. Well, sure. And then it's the Gardner Minshew show, which has its detractors. Well, I mean, that's the way it is for every team. That's the way it is for every team. But you don't know, you know, because he's fragile and has been hurt, you don't know how good he's going to come back and how sturdy he is once he does come back. Same thing can be said for all of these teams. You You know, Case Keenum is going to win the Super Bowl for the Bills. Probably not, you know. Same thing in Cincinnati. Same, you know. Same thing in San Francisco. Who's behind Brock? Pur- Brock Purdy was the bottom rung of the ladder. Josh Johnson is your backup quarterback in San Francisco. He of the fifteen different pro football teams. That would be correct. Wowzers. Well, you know, there you go. <laughs> is Henny still behind Pat Mahomes? Chad Henny. I will have to double check. I am not a hundred percent sure on that. I'm not either. I'll take a look for you. I'm going to find out here. But yeah, it's it's unbelievable what would happen if any to any of these teams. So you can't really go in thinking that. And and I get it. I'm, I'm, Brock Purdy is the story of the playoffs because of it is Chad Henney. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is. Oh. <laughs> so. Oh. That guy, he's got he's a hell of a fourth down a couple of years ago against the old, Browns. He's as old as you. Probably. He ain't as old as me. Probably. Could be. So, if anything happens to these guys, think of and, – and I look at the NFC and the AFC and the difference between these quarterbacks. You've got Lawrence, Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow. In the NFC, it's – Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Brock Purdy. Dak Prescott. And Dak Prescott. Which one of those, if any, would be ranked in the top four of all eight? In the NFC, you mean? No. In the in the playoffs, in the bracket left, the eight teams left. Oh, the top four quarterbacks are all in the AFC, in my opinion. Including, including Trevor Lawrence over Dak Prescott? I would. Okay. Yeah, I would too. We knew it coming into this season. We looked at the look at the roster. Now we didn't know Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson were gonna, you know, melt, for lack of a better way to put it. It happened. But Justin Herbert was right there. Yep. Lamar's team was there, although he was not. Correct. Yeah, the oldest quarterback in the playoffs right now is Dak Prescott, twenty nine. He's the oldest guy. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. Good, you know. Hey, good. Uh, Everybody else is twenty-seven and under. And you had, yeah, and, and even in the, you know, if, if Miami's he- foot quarterback was healthy, I mean, it's you're looking at, you know, Skylar Thompson, but it was Tua, yeah. and then the rest of those guys we've already talked about: Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, and Lawrence. And then you go to the NFC. It's Jalen Hurts who actually, you know, he's the guy. I mean, he. You think Jalen Hurts going to be there ten years? Um. I think the only thing that would keep that from happening contract contract and or injury. I worry about his durability as we've already seen. If he's going to continue to run it that much, durability is a concern for me. He is not a big right. man. So he's got, like barely 6'1" and right. he's not big framed. I mean, so he's got, not Bryce Young, but right. he's not a big guy. So you've got Hurts Brock Purdy, then of course Kirk Cousins, who's out of the playoffs already, Aye. and then the forty-five-year-old Tom 500. Brady. Tom Brady at forty-five, Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, and Geno. I love it, Geno, baby. The comeback kid. He might get comeback player of the year this year. If you're a free agent, right? Yeah, I think it's him. I don't know. I, don't I think know it's him get, or McCaffrey. Never, it wasn't injured. I think it's got to be maybe McCaffrey because if he was injured, Gino was just wasn't good enough. He was just on the shelf. Yeah, he wasn't good enough to to get on the field. <laughs> How is that coming back? Coming back to play, <laughs> right? <laughs> he still hasn't recovered from his broken jaw eight years ago. I mean, that, that's his team to the playoffs. With him. Um, I, that's if you're if you're a free agent. I mean, you got Aaron Rodgers finished tenth in the NFC this year. The Green Bay Packers, tenth. Yeah, they, they were the ten seed. They stripped too much of it away. That's the problem. That was the problem they had. Yeah, it's a different era, man. It's all about the young quarterbacks now. There's no oldies, and they're all in the There's AFC. No oldies left. They're all in the AFC. If you're a free, I mean, aren't doesn't that attract like the Say, for instance, you got these guys who are free agents, whoever they are, big-time wideouts. Isn't the AFC where you're going to be? If you, I mean, you're not your, gonna, if you want your numbers to look good. Right? You're not going to go over and play 
in Carolina, New Orleans, Atlanta, Chicago even, with fields? I mean, maybe. I don't know. He doesn't throw it well enough. Washington. And I get it, too. I mean, all these other teams like Houston, Indianapolis, Vegas. I don't, you know who's going to play there. Cleveland. Tennessee. And then the Jets, New England, Pittsburgh. All yeah. those. I mean, New England. Uh, Pittsburgh is going to get better. Yes, they will. They'll be better next yes. year. We're asking you today, what's your key to a Bills playoff win over the Bengals? You can let us know at 803-0550, 1-888-550-2550. We go to the phones and to Bill in Cheektowaga next. What do you got for us, Bill? Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. Got a nice little story about Eric Mould years ago when he was playing. He was at the bank that I was doing my bank. With there was a little fella in the foyer selling candy bars for his Pee Wee football team. And as we were leaving together, he stopped and talked to the kid for a minute, asked him what the name of his team was, what position he played, and took a couple of candy bars out of the box and handed the little fella a hundred dollar bill and said he was Eric Moles, and on his way he went. And that'll tell you, not only was he a good football player, he was a good man. Also, just a nice little story for you. Yeah, Real. thanks, Bill. Appreciate yeah, the thanks, phone Bill. call. Thanks for sharing it. Yeah, Eric was a good dude. He was a good dude for sure. Um, he was as serious as a heart attack on the football field, though. Oh, man, he was a he was one of the few wide receivers. You see other guys like Steve Smith was a little bit like this, although Eric was much more. Yeah, Steve Smith was an angry elf. Yes, he was angry. Um, Eric wasn't angry. He was... I don't know. He was just, he was just totally, he was just, oof, he was big and bad, man. Yeah. He was, a, he was an intimidator. Um, he wasn't bluster. And he could really play. He was a big, that guy was like a big wide receiver one, man. He was, he was all of that. that was, he was a great player, truly a great player. Yeah. Certainly was. The shame of his career finished five yards short of 10,000 receiving yards for his career. 9,995 receiving yards. That would bother me. (laughs) That would bother me. I can't catch one pass for five yards. Help a man out. You know what I mean? Sign me for a week. Let me just catch a pass. (laughs) And then I'll walk right out after that, I promise. Um, Some coaching news. Offensive coordinator candidates are being interviewed in New England, and the Patriots have reportedly, this according to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, interviewed Alabama offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien today for their vacant OC job. He had been there serving as as the team's offensive coordinator in the past in his first stop through New England. Does he go back for a second stint? We'll wait and see. Apparently, they are also going to interview Vikings wide receivers coach Keenan McCardell for the offensive coordinator job. That's going to happen on Thursday, and it sounds as though that's going to be their last interview for that post. So a decision might be done by the weekend. If you're laying odds, you're on O'Brien, right? That's what they do? Bring back the retreads? Yeah, because nobody else is inside their circle. I hate myself for muting my... Yeah, nobody else is inside their circle of trust, you know. 
you know how I feel about them. <laughs> That's why I asked. <laughs> yeah, they can't let that. They can't let anybody who doesn't know how they do business back inside the building. Yeah. So we heard that Byron Leftwich was probably going to be let go by the Bucks as offensive coordinator. That has happened. They have also canned eight other assistants. So Todd Bowles, who took over as head coach late in the game last year, when in a strange well, and weird move, Bruce Arians stepped out of the coach's right. box and went upstairs as a consultant. But that, some was, believe, that was in the offseason. Some believe that happened to get Brady back, um, right. whether that's right, wrong, or indifferent. Now Bowles is going to get a chance to really kind of shape his coaching staff. He inherited that coaching staff. Now he fires the OC along with eight other, other assistants. He's got some hiring to do now, and he's going to be able to hire his own people. Yeah, that's interesting. And that, do you think that's also a concession to Brady's wishes? I suppose it's possible, but to me, I think that's more about Bowles. Because if you think be. about it, Bowles had to pick up the baton in the 11th. What was that, March? He got, he got he got named to the post in it March. Was, no, it was was it before or after Brady came back? Because Brady was it retired was for forty days. Right, they got knocked down in the playoffs in mid January. He's retired for forty days. I want to say that Todd Bowles was named the head coach after they kicked the Arians upstairs, and I want to say that was like early March, like late February. Um, I could be wrong on the dates. But he, he didn't have time to assemble his staff. It was too late. Oh, yeah. Everybody that was worth anything was hired already. And it might have so been, he had to go with the guys he had. It might have been that they said, hey, you got to keep the staff intact for continuity's sake and let's go forward. But, yeah, I, I, that's changing now. And maybe that's a little bit of a reaction to how the season went. Certainly, uh, offensively, they were nothing to write home about. They couldn't. They didn't run the ball. And they couldn't run the ball at all. And so they just stopped trying. Half the time, yeah, they didn't even try to. That's why I think Brady led the league in pass attempts. Or it was either I, him or Mahomes. I, no, he did, and I think he set a record. He, I know he he broke his own personal record of like 600 attempts for the season. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Woo! It was crazy. The Colts have announced they just finished interviewing interim head coach Jeff Saturday for the full-time head coaching position. So they continue to interview candidates there. wonder when that wheel will stop. May not matter. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. They just seem all out of whack. They obviously need a quarterback. They have to get a head coach. I don't know. <laughs> I, I really don't. I don't like, either. I, you had, like, a feeling that with Chris Ballard and Frank Reich, there was some sense of stability there, even if you didn't have it at the ownership level. And then Frank gets kicked to the curb. Ballard's going to stay. And now they're still interviewing head coaching candidates. They don't have a quarterback. I don't know. They got to make a move. They got to get a. They have to get a quarterback in the draft. They they have to. They can't keep going down the veteran retread route, like they did the last five years in a row, at quarterback. They well, they can't gonna, do it. Well, <laughs> they're going to do that anyway. They're going to bring a guy in. They're going to draft a guy and bring a guy in. I if. I'm always I've always been a proponent and a fan of the John Elway school of finding a quarterback. 
draft one every year, sign a bunch every year, and sift through them and find the best guy. And if he's not the guy, you do the same thing again next year with five completely different guys. You don't keep a guy around who can't play for any length of time. Elway knew what he was looking at. He played the position, was coached by a number of different guys, won the Super Bowl twice, uh, brought Peyton Manning in. Got, he knows what he looked like, what they did with Peyton Manning, especially at the end where they sat him for five or six weeks, get in the playoffs, and then let him finish his career with a, with a win. All of that stuff. That's the way you find a quarterback. You cast a wide net. I mean a wide net. And you give up what it takes to get one. Now, this last thing, I don't, Elway's not involved anymore, and they, they traded the farm for Russell Wilson. I wonder what Elway thought about that before it happened. Certainly now it's like easy to say what it, but I don't think he would have gone for that. Hmm. I, but I, what do I know? Maybe it was his idea in the beginning. I don't know. Maybe he had been talking about it. I don't know. All I'm saying is I'm a big fan of what John Elway did with the quarterbacks in Denver. And you can say, well, they never found Yeah, they never found one. It wasn't for the lack of trying. They brought everybody in. They traded for, traded bad guys for better guys. Sifted through that, and that's what happens. You know what? Is, we were this franchise was there. The Bills were there for a decade and a half, looking for a guy, drafting them, free agents. If you don't have that quarterback, everybody you can't move. You can't move ahead. If out, if you don't have that guy, you can't move. Your franchise is stuck mm-hmm. until you get it, and that's where Indianapolis has found themselves. Now they. To their credit, they've got signed a pretty good veteran guy, but they've think about it. They went from the playoffs, Phillip Rivers in the playoffs. Well, at first it was Andrew Luck, then it was Jacoby Brissett by default. Right. Then they went Phillip Rivers playoffs. Hey, that's pretty good. Then after that, it was somebody Carson, else, Wentz. Carson Wentz who injured and had a bad game at the end of the year in the to get in. He had a bad play. A bad game, three interceptions. Three interceptions. And the owner blew his top and fired him. Okay, well. Threw him overboard. Right. So, right. So, instead of having a play and end playoff game, you get rid of the guy. And you step, take a step back. Now you got Matt Ryan, who is done. Yeah. And the rest of your your offensive line stinks. So, now you really can't play. And now here they are. They're 15th in the AFC two years after being a team nobody wanted to face. Yeah. There is a Bengals practice update that we have for you, according to reporters in Cincinnati. No Jonah Williams, no Alex Kappa at practice for the second straight day. So there are two starting offensive linemen, the left tackle and the right guard, not practicing again here on Thursday for Cincinnati. We will take a break here. When we come back, we'll get some of your thoughts on the tweet sheet as far as what you believe is your key to a Bills playoff win over the Bengals. And in studio, our fresh off the field interview of the week, it's Naheem Hines. He'll be in studio next here on One Bills Live. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.